that may bring just a little guilt to some of us. You might think, I don't pray enough. I, I just feel really convicted that I don't talk to God enough, that I don't have enough time in the day. And I, I struggle with the very same thing. Now, don't get me wrong. We have some prayer warriors in this church, and God bless you. You know who you are, and our church not be, would not be as strong as it is without you, our prayer warriors. So don't tune me out yet, because we're going to talk about some good stuff this morning about prayer. The thing about prayer is talking, what is, what is prayer? Talking to our Father. He is our Father in heaven. He is our Father, and He wants that relationship with us. That's the beauty of prayer. He's not looking to condemn us for not praying. He just wants that relationship out of pure love. And think back to Genesis, Adam and Eve during the fall. Um, they knew what they had done. God knew what they had done, but yet in Scripture, He asks, He says, where are you? He says, um, what have you done? He, he knew exactly what they did, but He wanted them to tell Him. He, wanted, he wants that relationship with us. So what is prayer? Talking to the, the God that made the heavens and the earth, everything we've ever known, the, the stars, the galaxies. And if you have ever researched space, or astronomy for just five minutes. It is mind-blowing how huge space is, and it's just incredible, incredible. And he just breathed it all into existence like nothing. The beautiful thing about Earth is that we are perfect in, in the solar system where we are and in the galaxy where we are. We're just, just close enough to the sun that we don't burn up, but we're just far enough away that we don't freeze. And we have the beauty of seasons and day and night. And it's just so beautiful the way God has done everything. Everything is made for His glory. When we pray, we pray in three ways. And that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. The first way is praying joy. What better time to talk about praying joy than the Christmas season, the season of celebrating the birth of our sweet infant Savior, Jesus Christ, like Pick talked about. Jesus was a sweet, innocent baby. And that's the reason that we celebrate this season. It's the reason we celebrate Christmas. What better time to pray joy than the Christmas season? God gave us one way to heaven, right through Jesus. He gave us the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We have a way to heaven. We're going to look at an example of prayer, praying joy in Scripture. If you would, turn, if you've got a Bible or your phone, whatever you use, crack those open to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus 15. This is called the Song of Moses and Miriam. This is the first song in the Bible, fun fact for you. And what's going on here is is Moses had just uh, led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. They've been slaves for a really long time, somewhere around 400 years. And now they they have crossed the Red Sea. They've seen the great things God has done, and man, they're happy about it. We're not going to read the whole chapter, but let's let's sample a little bit of the song of Moses and Miriam. And as I read, listen for the joy in this. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for He is highly exalted, both horse and driver. He has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation on which I stand. He is my God. And I will praise Him, my Father's God. And I will exalt Him. I will lift Him high 
The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army, he's hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. God is doing great things for us. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. In the greatness of your majesty. That's a strong line. They're just they're in the moment of the great things that God is doing, and they're just happy about it. They're just giving God praise. It's awesome. I'm going to take a quick poll in the church here. By show of hands, who know who knows who Phil Wickham is? Who knows about Phil Wickham? All right, all right. A few people, that's good, that's good. Phil Wickham is a worship leader. He plays guitar really well. He's got the voice of an angel, and he's written some great worship songs. One of them, uh, the most popular, is This is Amazing Grace that we sang a little bit ago. Uh, Your Love Awakens Me, that's another one of his big ones. Phil Wickham is, is, is a great worship leader. And if you know anything about me, you know that I am all in for Phil Wickham. Man, I love Phil Wickham. Um, and so this past summer, I, so here's something. I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm all in for Phil Wickham. I, I just listen to all his stuff. I've spent hours on YouTube uh, learning stuff on the guitar from Phil Wickham and, and uh, uh, stalking his social media all the time. I just... I'm up with the latest Phil Wickham. And so this, this past summer, um, I'm hanging out at Johnny's, and I see on, on Facebook that Phil Wickham is going to be in uh, Los Angeles, California, for his record release show for his latest album. I got this crazy idea. So I brought this crazy idea up with Johnny because he's my go-to guy. I said, uh, Johnny, I got a crazy idea for you. Now, I know it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen, but what if, what if I, uh, what if, you know, I've never, I've never gone anywhere by myself. What if I went to, to Los Angeles to see Phil Wickham? You know how much I like him. What if I did this crazy thing? Just, just what if? He said, well, you're young. You've worked hard all summer. I think you should go for it. You can do it. I, he said, go for it. So that very night I went, went inside and Bought my ticket that night, and I was researching uh, hotels in Los Angeles for, for when I would stay. I was, I was on the ball with this. And I was looking at hotels. That, so, see, the concert was at the Ace Hotel Theater in downtown L.A. And the Ace Hotel Theater, if you've ever been to the Missouri Theater, it's kind of like that times ten. It's huge. It's gorgeous, beautiful building, and it's connected to a hotel. And so... The cheapest rooms at this hotel were like 350 bucks, crazy, out of my price range. I said, okay, well, that's not happening. So what I did is I booked, I booked an Airbnb, and if you don't know what that is, it's like a, a new thing where if you have spare rooms in your house or something, you can put those online and, and uh, rent them out kind of like hotel rooms, usually much cheaper than actual hotels. And so I booked an Airbnb. It was like three blocks from the concert for 65 bucks, which is way way better. <laughs> and uh, so then, uh, fast forward, I get on a plane, I go to Los Angeles, and I'm seeing the sights, and I was at the Walk of Fame, seeing the stars on the, on the sidewalk there, and, and I was getting hungry. So of all the restaurants on the Walk of Fame, you'll never guess what they have right across from the Chinese theater, that famous attraction, a McDonald's. 
And I love McDonald's, so I, I got some lunch. I got my cheeseburger and fries. I'm sitting down eating my lunch. And I see on my phone, I get this email from the Ace Hotel. It's one of those special offers. It said, uh, use this code for the concert and get, get a room tonight for 100 bucks." I was like, sweet. That is way affordable. So I text my Airbnb lady. I'm like, hey, I got an offer for the, the hotel where the concert is for 100 bucks. Is there any way I can get a refund on my Airbnb? She said, we're not supposed to do refunds the day of, but since, but she said, but check this out. Since I have uh, somebody wanting to check in early, I'll go ahead and give you your refund. It's like, sweet, God is really, really working this out for me. This is awesome. Um, so I took a bus to the, to the hotel, and it was beautiful. It was so awesome. And as I'm hanging out in the hotel room waiting for the concert, uh, I'm looking through the brochure of this hotel, and I see that they... Uh, you, 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 you'll never believe this. I've never heard of this at a hotel before. They offer, uh, they have acoustic guitars for guests to play. Which, you know, that's right up my alley. So I called the front desk. I'm like, hey, is there any way I can get a guitar in my room? They've, here's a knock at the door, and they've got a, a Martin acoustic guitar. And if you know anything about guitars, that's like the best there is. It's like a $1,000 guitar. Just I get to play while I'm hanging out. Awesome. So I'm jamming in the room waiting for the concert and through the wall I can hear Phil Wickham downstairs practicing and I just got all excited like man this is the first time I've seen him or you know heard him actually in person this is just going to be great so concert time rolls around I took the stairs down I wasn't messing with no elevator I wanted to be front in line I was booking it down the stairs and as I get to the bottom of the steps into the lobby I look to my right you'll never guess who I see it's not Phil Wickham it's Phil Wickham's wife, and I know this because I stock his, his stuff, I'm telling you. <laughs> and then I keep looking, and there's Phil Wickham right there, and my heart just stopped. I was like, man, there he is in person for the first time. I didn't know what to do. So I kept walking on out, and I ended up being first in line. But hindsight, I wish I would have introduced myself, but he had people all around him. It was cool. So I get to worship in person with Phil Wickham for the first time. It was an amazing night. I got to shake Phil Wickham's hand. I got an autographed CD. Best night ever. And then fast forward a few months, and I'm hanging out in my dorm room back at school, and I see on his Instagram that he's going to be in Oklahoma the next day. My heart stopped again, and I bought that VIP ticket. The next day I drove three hours to Oklahoma to see him again. Now, had I known he was going to be in Oklahoma, I probably would have spared the Los Angeles trip, but <laughs> I don't regret it. I don't regret it. It was cool. Um, yeah, it was an awesome experience. And in Oklahoma, he signed, as you may have seen, he signed my guitar. I got to shake Phil Wickham's hand again. I got to take my picture with Phil Wickham. I got to worship in concert with Phil Wickham again. Incredible experience. And I remember through this whole time, the, both of these times, this whole time, I'm just in my head all the time. Thank you for working this out, Lord. How awesome is this experience? How awesome is what you're doing? And it's easy to praise God in times of joy when life is good, whenever we can see the good things that God is doing, when we're in the moment of the good things that God is doing. Maybe for you, that's not um, a person. Maybe that's not a person. Maybe that's a new birth, having a baby, a buying your first house, getting a new car, graduating high school or college. Who knows what that might be for you? 
And it's easy to give God praise when we're in the good times. We're, if we're in the times that we are happy. It's easy to praise God then. But what about when life isn't so good? What about when you lose a job, whenever you lose a loved one, when, when it's Christmas time and you can't afford to buy gifts? Well, I mean, what, what do we do then? It's important that we continue to praise then. Turn with me to, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 16, 1 Thessalonians 5.16 is what the Bible has to say about this. If there is one, one thing that I want you to walk out of these, this church building with this week, to walk through those doors into the mission field this week, it is 1 Thessalonians 5.16. I want to nail this into your heads. I want you to walk out this week and carry this verse with you. I want you to carry this verse with you for the rest of your life. 1 Thessalonians 5. 16. It's a short one. It's easy to remember. If you don't have 1 Thessalonians 5.16 highlighted or underlined in your Bible, I encourage you to grab the pen in your pew and underline this puppy. Rejoice. Always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. Not just when things are good. Give thanks in all circumstances. Always find something to give thanks for. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Because we have a Christ. Because we have someone that has paid in full the price of your mess-ups and your mess-ups and my mess-ups. We need to just fix our eyes on eternity. And I know that's hard sometimes. I know it's hard to get caught up in things that are happening in this fallen world. But keep your eyes on eternity. Keep your eyes on what's to come. Be joyful always. The second way that we pray is praying anger. Praying anger. Turn with me. We're flipping to a few different things today. Psalm 137 is the example of praying anger that I came up with. Psalm 137. Psalm 137. We'll go ahead and read this. And, and there is some really deep emotion. If you, if, you, if you listen, if you look closely, let's read Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill, may my tongue Cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. Remember, Lord, what the Edomites did on the day Jerusalem fell. Tear it down, they cried. Tear it down to its foundations. Here's where things get graphic. Daughter Babylon, doomed to destruction. Happy is the one who repays you according to what you have done to us. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. That is some graphic stuff. Dashing infants on rocks. They're saying, God, that's what they did to us and that's what we want you to do to them. They're praying their anger to God. And it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do. But it's something that we need to do more. Pray your anger to God. Let Him help you through these things. 
I work a part-time job at Lowe's down in Joplin, and I'm on the unload crew. There are five of us on the unload crew, and there's one fella in particular. I'm going to call him John. John drives me nuts. He's, <laughs> he's not an easy kid to work with. Uh, he's the youngest on the crew. He's 18, I'm 20, and, and the numbers go up. He's the youngest, but he acts like he's the oldest. He acts like he knows everything, and, and you all have had a John in your life at some point. But he's, he's hard to work with. And, and so the first time that I met John and started working on the unload crew, I dreaded my shift. And, and it got so bad that I would sit in my car before my shift and I would bow my head and I would pray, Lord, help me to just deal with John. Help me to just get through tonight. It was not a good season. And so after work, I'd get home and I would talk to some of the guys on my dorm floor about John and how, how irritated he made me, and they, they, kind of, they gave me some really good uh, advice. The best advice that they gave was, was to change my prayer from help me to just deal with John and get through tonight to, Lord, help me to see John as you see him. And that prayer worked. To see John the way Jesus sees John instead of the way that I see him, that, that totally changed the perspective. That changed the perspective big time. I see him with love, with with compassion, he, he doesn't know Jesus. And so I'm trying to show him our relationship has gotten a little better since then. Uh, not a whole lot, but I'm trying, <laughs> trying to show him the love of Christ somehow. And right now that's not giving him a piece of my mind that I'd like to sometimes. <laughs> Final way we pray. Pray your anger to God. And the final way we pray in sorrow laying your problems at the feet of Jesus your sorrows, your sadness Mark 5 21-43 turn there with me if you would we're going to read a story Mark 5 21-43 Mark 5, 21 through 43. So we've got kind of two stories in this, and we're just going to go ahead and read. We'll break it down at the end. Mark 5, 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him, big surprise, while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she'll be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there. So then we get to the second person. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. We've all been there at some point seeing all kinds of doctors and spending all we have. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. There's a lot of faith in that. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out of him and he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? 
disciples said, you see the people crowding against you and you still ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told Jesus the whole truth of what had happened. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, so now we're back to the little girl. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said, Jairus. Why bother the teacher anymore? She's dead. Your daughter's dead. Leave Jesus alone. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe in me, okay? Don't listen to these people. Just look at me. Believe in me. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jairus, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went into them. Why all this commotion and wailing, Jesus says. The child is not dead. She's just asleep, guys. But they laughed at him. They laughed at him. So what's Jesus do? After he put them all out, he says, okay, you just want to laugh at me? Then get out of here. He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old, and at this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Incredible stories. Incredible stories. Let's break this down a little bit. We have the synagogue leader Jairus, a man of really high social status, and for a synagogue leader to go and fall at the feet of this rabbi Jesus, I'm betting that he is risking his career a little bit. He's risking being fired from his position and and who knows what else. But he wants his little girl to get better, and he has faith that Jesus can do that. Then on the other end of the spectrum, we have the bleeding woman who, after bleeding for 12 years, I would just about bet that she has way long been an outcast of society. For 12 years, she has long been an outcast. And so the point is, no matter who you are in society, no matter what you're going through, pray your sorrow to Jesus. Give your problems to Jesus and let him help you through them. Let him help you through those times. Have faith when you pray like the people in the stories. Have faith when you pray. These people, these people in these stories aren't like uh, in the joyful part of life that I talked about earlier. They're going through hard times, but they are coming to Jesus. They're bringing their problems to Jesus. Uh, my freshman year at college, uh, just earlier this year, as a lot of you know, my, uh, I lost my father. And I'm not going to get into any kind of detail about that, but the point is, Losing someone stinks. It hurts. It does something inside of you. But give that to Jesus and let Him help you through that. So how do we pray then? Jesus answers that in what we call the Lord's Prayer. So the last text we'll turn to, Matthew 6, 5. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Matthew 6, 5, he says, Jesus teaches this about prayer. He says, 
And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. That's what they were known for. They were known to be boastful about their precious, well-said prayers. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, when you pray, church, go into your room. Go into your prayer closet. Go wherever you are closest to God. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. That's what they like to do. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you even ask. God knows what we need. This then is how you should pray. And we're going to close in the Lord's Prayer here in just a second. But first, let's, let's break down the Lord's Prayer a little bit. So it starts, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What, what is that? That's a praise. That's a prayer of praise. Our Father, He's in heaven. Our Father, He is our Father and He is in heaven. That's a prayer of praise. Recognizing who God is. And he says, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Your kingdom come, Lord. I take that as a prayer of, of sorrow a little bit. Your kingdom come, Lord. This life is just getting hard and I, I want you to, I'm ready for you to come back. I'm ready to be with you, Jesus. I'm ready to be with you, Jesus. I'm ready for your kingdom to come. When life gets rough and you're weary and eager to await the return of our Savior. Be with the Father. Give us this day. Our daily bread is the next part. I, all I have to say about that is, have you ever been hungry? And I mean really hungry, not just wanting a snack. I mean, have you really been hungry? That's what this prayer is about, recognizing that our sustainment, our, our sustainment comes from God. God provides our food. God provides everything. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We all have a John in our life that just pushes our buttons. But allow God to help you with that. Allow God to help you through that. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, I need your help here, plain and simple. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Remember who God is. Remember that His kingdom is going to come someday. Could be after church. Could be next year. Remember who God is. When you intentionally pray your emotions to God, it shifts the focus from the world to what we're going through. It shifts the focus from us. It shifts the focus on God. Knowing that we have a Father that is helping us through whatever it is that we face. He will help you through these seasons of your life. So it's December 30th. It's the end of 2018. It's been an honor to give you your last sermon of 2018. But I do want to send you out with a challenge for 2019. Be a better prayer. Be a prayer warrior. Make it a goal. At least once a day to just take five minutes and talk to God. He's your friend. He's our Father. And he is listening. So if you would stand and we will close in the Lord's Prayer now.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth and in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.